Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is happening, gang? We are live on the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Poling. And in today's episode, we get to do something super duper fun that you don't often get to do in life. You get to understand the draft management process from an NFL Hall of Fame GM's perspective. This is truly a unique window into Bill's brain in terms of how the draft was actually run, in terms of how was the board put together? How do you actually manage some of the draft process in terms of, you know, what do you do on draft day? What are some of the moves that you make? What do you have prepped before you get into that draft process? What are some decisions that you might have in place? And then ultimately, you know, what happens when there are sort of star player trades that happen throughout the course of the draft? I mean, this is obviously a super duper hot topic in this current offseason with seemingly every player wanting to uh, be on the move headed into this draft. And Bill was involved in some of the sort of more mega draft trades of all time. Uh, around the draft in terms of some superstar players moving, and namely the Marshall Falk deal. So this is a really, really unique w- window into kind of Bill's mindset as to how the draft process should truly be managed, how he would set it up, and what is that draft day management process truly, truly like. But before we dive into today's show, I want to take a minute and talk about one of our favorite sponsors on the pod, Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one trusted source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs. The playoffs are getting crazy. Fights and even next season futures. Next season futures might be a little tough with some of these players on the move. And don't forget that the MLB is back. Who are you picking to win the World Series this year? Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use promo code BELIEVE, that's promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, head over to the website or use your mobile device and use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, guys, this is the Inside Football Podcast with Bill polling and this is our look at draft management in the nfl All right, what is happening, gang? We are live. The draft is a mere few days away. It's probably my favorite time of year. Not not Christmas, not uh, (laughs) Thanksgiving. It is draft season. Uh, Rick, where are we headed on the show today? Well, let's start off with something you you really never hear anybody in the draft industrial complex talk about, which is the real purpose of the draft. Uh, Certainly, you know, the draft is there to bring parity to equalize talent, yes. But the real purpose of the draft is salary suppression. The real purpose of the draft is to deny 
players, just just like standard player contracts and waivers and uh, free agency restrictions on veterans as they exist or existed, to deny the, the, the player the opportunity to go to all 32 teams and say, what will you give me? What will you give me? What will you give me? And to have his rights vested in one team and one team only. And therefore, in the end, it is a take it or leave it offer. That's why the draft was created. That's why the draft exists. And you got to take it from there. Am I wrong, Bill? Uh, no, you're not wrong. Small, uh, a small disagreement here, which is just agent versus GM. Uh, I think it was 1937 when Burt Bell, who was uh, uh, one of the founding fathers of the NFL, the modern NFL, um, sort of invented the draft. And the reason the reason for that was not salary suppression because. Jay Berwanger from the University of Chicago, who was the first draft choice that year. And the first, Heis- not- first Heisman Award winner. <laughs> yeah, elected not to play because the salary offer was so low. There was no, they, the NFL didn't have any money in those days. So salary suppression was not the issue. The issue was um, what was, was competitive balance and making sure that everybody had a shot at, uh, you know, starting with the weakest teams had a shot at the best players that that was really uh, how it how it developed. And then, of course, as we got into the modern era uh, with with the 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 humongous amount of money and, and I'm going back into the 70s now, uh, humongous amount of money paid to draft choices, especially the number one guy, uh, then salary suppression became a, a major issue. And it finally came to fruition. It was the it was the the prayer of George Young and myself and, and Jim Ursay and Steve Gutman when we did the original salary cap, the union Gene Show wouldn't give it to us, uh, and 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 we, we we took a lot of bullets going up that hill. So when when Roger Goodell finally got the the rookie cap uh, uh, installed in in eleven, um, I was I was leading the parade of those applauding <laughs> because it had become. Uh, it, it had become uh, not salary suppression, but but an inflationary um, issue that was beyond belief. And we, you know, because you're never going to be right in the draft. Fifty percent of the guys that yeah. drafted fail, and so you're paying money, you know, to people who are not paying playing for you. That makes yeah. no sense at all. Yeah. Yeah. So that that that's that's where we are right yeah. now. But the important thing to remember. Uh, and, and what we, we really want fans to focus on is not what you hear on television, the rankings of everybody 1 to 336. That's not the purpose of the draft. The purpose of the draft is twofold. One, to make sure that the weakest teams have a shot early in the draft in every round at the best players. And B, that each team can draft the players that help it to win. That's the purpose. It's not to get the first round right, <laughs> which is what all the media people pride themselves on doing. They, they pat themselves on the back when they, when they get close to having the, the, the guys that are picked in the first round right. They, they can't possibly uh, discern where they're going to go. But that's foolishness. That's not what the draft is about. And if you're upset because your team didn't take a player that someone on television liked, yeah. um, don't be upset. 
the people on television only know 40% right. of what there is to know. Yeah. Well, and so, every player is great. I mean, that, that yeah. for the, yeah. Uh, yeah. for those exactly. three days, it's a exactly. home run. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and so and let, let's, let's just, let's just debunk some myths right off the top of that. Yeah. How about Number the one, one about this guy's stock is rising? Talk about that. Well, one, not, let's don't go there yet. There are more important right. things. All right. I <laughs> um, hate that one. <laughs> it, it, so do I, but <laughs> there are more important things. All Number right. one, the players drafted uh, next week will not help the teams that drafted them appreciably in their first years. That's a fact. Only about 10% of draftees have any real effect on winning in their rookie years. They're rookies. They can't find their way to the cafeteria. They don't know their way to the meeting room, much less be able to come in and, quote, dominate, close quote, <laughs> in the NFL. They're not going to do it. And, and, and so, you know, by midseason, if, if the number one pick is in the lineup and he's, he's learning and he's developing, and by the end of the season, the arrow is up, Trevor Lawrence, as an example, that's that's wonderful. Don't expect anything more and don't believe anything more. Secondly, uh, people dominating. This guy is going to dominate in the National Football League. It's no question about it. Who said that about Aaron Donald? One guy. You're listening to him. <laughs> No one else had him picked as, 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 as the dominant player that he's become. They liked him as a first-round draft choice, but he's too small, you know. Okay, so and, – and I'm not the only one. There were other people, by the way. But uh, I'm, the point I'm making is that very few people understand both the player's talent and fit. And the reason is very, very few people who talk on television watch film. They listen to what others say. It's, it, you know, you've heard of the circular firing squad. Yeah. The, draft the draft industrial complex is a revolving echo chamber. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, don't get excited about that. Uh, finally, uh, we talk about dominant players, right? Um, Baker Mayfield was number one in the draft, first player taken. He was going to dominate. He had the it factor. He was a great pick, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Not the same year, but earlier. Russell Wilson was drafted in the third round, and, and a famous commentator famously said, you can't draft Russell Wilson in the third round. Yeah. My response was, I wasn't aware there was a rule that said that. <laughs> That was the eleventh commandment, or, or, or the fact that it had actually just happened, even though you can't do it. <laughs> I, I must have been out of the room when the competition committee passed that. But in any event, Russell obviously is, uh, you know, is is an outstanding and dominant player, and 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 so is our tackle from the Rams, and he may in the end be among the best of all time if he plays, you know, four or five more years at a high level. Um. He's already a Hall of Famer, I think, but we're talking about now the best of the best of all time, Aaron Donald, and no one had him as a dominator. So 
that's not to say that the people on television are ignorant. They're not. They work hard at their, their craft, um, but they don't have access to the information that general managers do. And having said that, general managers get it wrong a lot. Yeah. Ron Wolf and I have both stated publicly on numerous occasions, if you bat 565 out of 1,000 in the draft, you're going to the playoffs pretty much every year. Mm-hmm. So no one can predict with any degree of certainty who's going to be good and who's going to be great. Only time will tell. What we're trying to do is draft players who will help our team. And to, and to reiterate that point, put an underscore that point, I was asked by Jim Irsay when Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning were coming out, what do we have with these two guys? Give me the upside and the downside. I said, well, with Ryan, the downside, if, we, if, we, if, if, if he hits, if we hit on him, we got a pretty athletic, pretty talented quarterback who's got a lot to learn. All right, before we continue diving deeper into the draft management process, I wanted to talk about one of my favorite sponsors and also one of the things I've truly enjoyed doing more than anything else this last year, and that is playing Dynasty Owner. Do you love fantasy sports? Are you looking for a new challenge this year? And let me tell you, it is a challenge. Dynasty Owner is the new way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding the strategy of running an actual franchise. And this is sort of an interesting time for those of us who are currently in our Dynasty Owner leagues is we've just had to get under the salary cap as the draft is upon us. This is a really fun, complicated time in the game. And so what's super fun about this from a fantasy perspective is literally it's like you're experiencing some of the same challenges that GMs are facing headed into the draft and obviously with June 1st looming in front of us. Dynasty Owner provides a unique and challenging experience that will test your skills as an owner and general manager. You'll have complete control over your team's future year over year. So you got to think about what contracts people are going to be getting moving into the future. You can build through the draft, make trades, sign free agents, and manage your team's salary cap. Can you create the dynasty of champions? Hey, maybe. I think we're going to be dynasty champions this year. We're going for the ring on the pod, so look out. But hey, if you want to compete with us, sign up today at dynastyowner.com and start building your dynasty right now. If what we're hearing about his maturity is correct, then it's a total bust. It's a disaster. We've blown the pick, and we have nothing to show for it. In Peyton, if we hit, we're going to have a very good quarterback who, if we surround him with talent, has a chance to lead us to the promised land. If we miss, the worst we get is Bernie Kosar. Hmm. So that's me actually describing the choice. The choice was clear. It was Peyton Manning. Did, 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 did I ever utter the words Hall of Fame? <laughs> Never. No. no one can predict that. As Dave Gettleman said when, when he drafted Saquon Barkley, you hope, you hope that you're drafting a guy in the top 10 who has a chance to get a gold jacket. That's what you hope. But you can never, ever, ever predict it. So this is, this is far, far from an exact science even though we apply a great deal of time and effort and money to it. And secondly, the gurus only have about 45% of the information that general managers have. And and the other 55% that the general managers have 
is what's really dispositive. So take what's said with a grain of salt, hope that your team does well, and remember that all your general manager, the guy you're rooting for, the guy you want to hit a home run on draft day, all he cares about is your team. He doesn't give a damn who anybody else drafted. What he's looking at is (laughs) who am I drafting to help our team. And be happy if you get Bernie Kozar. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Sure. Absolutely. So, so Bill, in terms of kind of draft management, I mean, this is something I've always wanted to kind of ask you about. Where did you enjoy or did you enjoy drafting? Because you drafted sort of all over the place. I mean, you drafted first overall. You drafted later in the first round. Where, where in the draft, in terms of round positioning, did you enjoy operating from the most? Um, it really didn't matter. Um, you know, wherever we were, that's what we were going to deal with. So it wasn't a question of saying, well, I'd rather be 10th or I'd rather be 15th uh, than 29th. Uh, I'd rather be 32nd, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, uh, so it didn't matter. It was just a function of what can we do to maximize the opportunity to get a really good player that's going to help our team. Um, which, which allows me to segue into the other myth that needs to be dealt with. Um, there is a, a, a myth, myth created by the analytics people that the more choices you have in the seven rounds, the better chance you have to get good players. Well, first of all, that's completely debunked simply by Baker Mayfield. Uh, the Browns tanked to get Baker Mayfield, whether that's proven by Mary Jo White in the investigation or not is immaterial. We all know they tanked. Uh, the, and they took Baker Mayfield, who failed. So it's not about the number of choices you have. It's about who's doing the choosing and whom they choose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not about mathematics. Also, of the players who contribute to winning, this is a statistic that is up to date today, validated again today. Uh, 70% of the players who contribute to winning, meaning they're red and blue, purple players, uh, come from the first three rounds. And more collegiate free agents, meaning undrafted players, who are signed after the draft become contributors, then do all the players from rounds four to seven combined mm-hmm. when you go through every roster. Why do you think that is, Bill? Why? Because, first of all, we're, we're not soothsayers. We can't predict uh, who among players with flaws from four to seven, they all have flaws. Uh, will overcome those flaws in the National Football League. Secondly, there are teams that don't take system fit into consideration and they draft players who don't fit their system. And so those guys, those guys don't have an opportunity to succeed and they they fail and they and they sometimes oftentimes don't get a second chance. And, and, and then finally, if you draft seven players and you sign 25 free agents, 
the odds are pretty good yeah. that you're going to yeah. get a free agent or two who can help you. Yeah. And, so, and, Bill, in uh, fact, uh, in the in the 80s, uh, and I know you, you we've discussed this, you know, not on the show, the, the sophistication changed and so on. But I know when I was at the Players Association, we kept statistical on this. There were more free agents. And this was the Pro Bowl when the players were voting on the Pro Bowl. So it mattered. There were more free agents who wound up in the Pro Bowl than there were first round draft picks. Yes, absolutely. Sure. So, uh, you know, it's an inexact science. That's the point. No one can predict. And and and, and I'll, I'll finish with, with this part of it. The two things that, that don't exist. Value for the pick and a reach. First of all, the only value for the pick is who you pick. Right. <laughs> is he good or is he not? It doesn't matter what someone else said about what that should who who should be taken at that pick it's it's it, no one can predict who's gonna it, they could have had him in the third round no way how do you know you don't have <laughs> a crystal right. ball that's right that's and absurd yeah of course you should have bought google <laughs> I, i'd rather take the player around too early than around too late and miss on it so therefore there is no such thing as a reach. There is no such thing as a reach. There is only the perception of the gurus. Oh, I didn't have him ranked that high, so therefore it's a reach. Yeah, It's not a reach. The team that took him has a conviction on him. We'll see in the final analysis if that, if that team was right or wrong. But maybe that team is saying, I'd rather take this guy, i.e. Robert Mathis, around too early than around too late. Yeah. Because if I lose him right. and I have a conviction on him, I can't predict that anybody else is, 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 will not take him and sit there and, and, and allow us to, to uh, uh, sweat take it out. him where, yeah. where the gurus say he should be. No, that's, that's not the way it works. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's the other part they statements never are inadmissible on their yes. face. They're they're false. Exactly. I mean, that's the other part they never talk about the, the strategy of trying to figure out where you can get what you want before somebody else gets it ahead of you. I mean, they they completely ignore that. It's, they act like they're drafting in a vacuum. That's correct because they are. They are. They don't. They don't have. They don't have any concern about getting a particular player at, 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 on your team, they're, you know, they're only one to three thirty six. That's not how we rank them. Anyway, we don't right. rank players that way. We rank them by round horizontally. The board consists of, of they finally, there've been enough people like Mike Tannenbaum and Rex Ryan and myself that work on television. They, they finally recognize that the board's horizontal and not vertical, <laughs> but they still, you know, they're still gurus that say, oh, this is my best available. These guys are, you know, they should be taken here soon. <laughs> I can't believe I, I don't know. It makes for an exciting TV show. It does. It does. It does. It does. Yeah. And but what I, what, what the point I want to make here, and, and, and hey, those guys are good guys and they're, God bless them. They're making a living and, and they entertain people and it's wonderful. But what, what fans need to understand is don't get mad at GM if he took Robert Mathis that you never heard of. Right. Yeah. Because he's heard of him. <laughs> That's all that matters. He has a good Yeah, exactly. So, Bill, we got about a minute left in this segment. Can you give me a quick thing on 
the guy's stock is rising, the guy's stock is falling. Well, there's no such thing because the boards are closed up um, two weeks ago, really, when it's all said and done. And you, first of all, you would never, uh, at least in my uh, experience, you would never raise a guy more than a round anyway. That's ridiculous. The idea that no one knew this guy three weeks ago and now he's in the second round. No, the gurus didn't know him. Yeah. <laughs> the GM's did. <laughs> so, so real quick in this phase. So it, when your board's locked, what are you doing in these two weeks? Cross draft management, draft okay. management, cleaning up at odds and ends, security, character, medical, which is very, all three are very important and, and psychological and, and, uh, and then uh, draft management, getting ready to, as Rick said, plot all the moves that you want to make in order to get to as many of the players that you want to draft as you can. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients, which is awesome, by the way, supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits to a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that is it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe that's believe B L E A V again. That's athleticgreens.com slash believe you're gonna love it. These statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat or cure or prevent any disease. All right, Bill. So one of the myths that I think we need to debunk that I've heard literally in every draft podcast show that I've heard this year in large part in reference to what I think the commanders fans want us to do at 11 is this concept of positional value, meaning that there are certain positions that you should take higher in the draft for salary cap reasons or the value that they have from an analytics perspective. What are your thoughts on positional value? And I have a hunch you're about ready to debunk it. Well, I'll debunk it to a certain degree. Um, when you're up high in the draft, in the, t in, in the top 10, commanders are at 11, so, okay, that's close enough, I guess. What you're looking for, what you're looking for is someone who scores or throws touchdowns, quarterback or running back, wide receiver, someone who can sack the quarterback, defensive end or Aaron Donald type defensive tackle. Um, someone who can turn the ball over, i.e. corner, safety, or someone at another position, <clears throat> hopefully three down linebacker, uh, or perhaps offensive guard who, who can dominate and absent that, um, left tackle. So that pretty much covers the waterfront. Yeah. What's, it's pretty what's much not available to you are two down linebackers, guards, and non-dominant centers. 
although non-dominant centers, <laughs> wherever you draft them, they play awfully well if they have all the other characteristics. But in the old days, positional value vis-a-vis salary was a real impediment to drafting anybody but dominant players, like Lawrence Taylor, for example, a linebacker, okay, Rushman, okay. Um, otherwise, because of what they got paid, the Kings, they got paid each year. They were the, the top 10 players with a, or top five players with the highest paid players at their position in the league, including veterans. Yeah. So that was the inflationary uh, uh, effect that Gene Upshaw believed in. So you couldn't take a a, 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 a tight end there. You couldn't take a, 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 a two-down, even a three-down linebacker there. You couldn't possibly take a guard there unless you were absolutely sure he was going to be John Hanna. You know, so mm-hmm. once the rookie salaries uh, uh, scale came in, it absolutely did away with the positional value issue because now the price, A, for failure, and B, if you succeed, is, is not outrageous. Yeah. Now, the reason people talk about positional value now is because of the second contract. So if you draft an offensive lineman, let's say, uh, or, uh, or an offensive tackle who turns out to be a guard, Leatherwood, okay, Yep. You draft him with the sixth or seventh pick in the draft. When it comes time for him to get paid and go on the franchise tag, if necessary, it's going to be a king's ransom. So, you know, maybe you'd rather not have that. But that's five years down the road yeah. for first yeah. rounders. Exactly. Their careers might be over by then. Yeah. And more importantly, yeah. you might be fired by then. Right, exactly. So why would you even think about that? If the guy deserves to be in the top five or the top ten, by God, pick him. Yeah, right. You can't ever have enough good football players. So to to that point, uh, kind of thinking through sort of, and we talked about this a little bit before we got on air, but, you know, it seems to me this draft is a little interesting in the sense that there obviously isn't a a huge consensus at the top in terms of the DIC. So it's going to make for a really good TV event, but you do have a lot of these receivers who seemingly are requesting to be traded, want to be traded who from the 2018 draft, you had the four second round picks who've turned out to be pretty good and Brown Metcalf McLaurin and Debo. How does that affect you from a draft management perspective. So if you're a GM, you know, receivers, a position of need, you want to fill maybe in the first round, knowing some of these guys are available. Does that affect you at all in terms of how you look at the draft or are you more likely to be working the phones in the weeks leading up to it? How, how would that impact how you would prepare for a draft like this or would it? Well, it does, but only peripherally. If any of those four players were available, um, and I, and I suspect only, and I'm, you know, 
Debo has said he wants to be traded. That doesn't mean the four John's going to trade him. Yeah. Well, well, and and AJ oh, yeah. Brown has done the uh, which I'm sure you would have loved in your day the social media scrubbing of all of his Titans information. Yeah, you know, my I'm not on social media, so I wouldn't have known about it anyway. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Bill has actually scrubbed all the social media. I would have world. paid money to see someone come into your office and say, "Bill, we've got a huge problem. Such and such player has scrubbed their social media," and you'd yeah. be like. What? What? <laughs> Excuse that, me? That's a problem? Yeah, and I care because that's a good thing. He's using too much Mr. Bubble. <laughs> um the the so the first thing you do is say, are these guys available? So I would call my counterpart at another club and say, Hey, is there any truth to this that you know you're interested in trading this guy? And if they said yes then um, uh, I, I got to share a little anecdote with you, but if, if, if they said yes, then, then you, you begin to think about what, what the guy would, you know, would be worth. And I'll get to that equation in a second, but that I had that discussion with, with a GM who was a close friend one time. And because there was a rumor that, you know, the pro personnel person came to me and, and said, you know, there's a rumor that so-and-so might be available. I said, is, is that true? Could, would they possibly move him? And uh, and he said, "Well, I, you know, I don't know, but we 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 should follow up." And I said, "Well, you know, my counterpart's a good friend. Let me call him." So I called him and I said, "Listen, you might think I've lost my marbles here, but is are you thinking about moving so and so?" He said, "You better go find your marbles because they are lost." <laughs> <laughs> Why would we trade him? Because the agent demanded a trade. Have you lost? Yeah. He said, "You've lost your marbles. What's wrong with yeah. you?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I said, "Excuse me." Right. I had a very bad moment. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I tripped on some marbles. <laughs> yeah, my, my brain is too small to digest. You know this I've... this large truth that you would make <laughs> such a mistake. <laughs> so. Uh, that, that's point one. Right. But if yeah. if they said, "Look, uh, yeah, we we'd move him for the right price," and the answer is, the question is, what 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 do you think is appropriate? And they'll give you an opening offer. And let's just say that the opening offer was uh, for Debo Samuel was uh, um, a one and a two in this year's draft. Um, first thing you then this is where the draft comes in. First thing you do is say, "Well, okay." Uh, what is the number of our pick? Let's assume for argument's sake that we're the Jets, and I think they have three and ten, if I'm not mistaken. They do. Um, so you would say, first of all, we're not giving three for Debo Samuel. And then the question then is, um, would you give ten for him? And now that begets further questions such as, uh, what is his injury history? It's not good. Two, is he a good route runner? Can he dominate outside? The answer is probably not. Number three, um, is he a combination player, a guy who can play in the slot principally, a guy who you can move around, a guy you can hand the ball off to, a guy who's really good running after the catch? The answer to that is yes. And then the question is, okay, what would you give for that guy? Certainly not in my mind, the 10th pick in the draft with an injury history. And then the follow-on question, the most important one is, 
he's not coming. You're not giving that up for a one-year rental. No. He's, 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 he wants a new contract. That's why he wants to be traded. No one wants to be traded because, A, they don't like the city they're playing in. B, they don't like the coach. C, they don't like how they're being used in the offense. And you can keep on going through every letter of the alphabet. And the answer is always no, 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 no. It's always about money. He <laughs> wants a new contract. So uh, the, 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 the bottom line is, what does he want? And as happened in the, in the Houston case, what's happening these days is that you go back to the club and say, well, we, we'd offer X, Y, or Z. And if you, if, you, if you come to agreement on that, then they say, well, okay, now you can talk to the agent and see if, if the agent's demands are, are what, you would, what, what you can live with. And, um, and that frequently, the answer to that frequently is no. So, yeah. Um, that's what goes on, but it's, but it's only, it's, it's only peripheral to the draft in the sense that, you know, what do I have to give up and what do I have to pay the guy? And generally speaking, although this didn't happen in the, in the case of Deshaun Watson, um, generally speaking, the more you have to pay the guy, the less you're willing to give up in terms of draft cap. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, you take a double hit. Right. Bill, You're taking a double hit. Right. Hey, Bill, macro trend wise, uh, real quick, do you, do you see like the trend in terms of the receiver contracts becoming more and more expensive, that this will push more receivers into the first round so that you can get that fifth year option, knowing that that could be a position that theoretically could be, you know, at $35 million a year, two years from now? That's a consideration that only comes after you have determined that the guy has a first round grade, or if he's below a first round grade, that you feel comfortable that he's going to make a contribution to your team right away. You would not even think about it unless the grade was, was concomitant. Okay. So that's something that, you know, we probably shouldn't be super, super, super stressed about. So in terms of other things related. Well, to let, me just, let me just add okay. the reason that quarterbacks get taken at the bottom of the first is because those are developmental players and it takes a while for them to develop. And so the fifth year is, 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 is rather important with them. Because you're getting, you know, you got a chance to recoup your investment. It takes them a while to develop. Other than that, no other position comes into, at least in my mind, comes into play there. All right. Before we wrap up today, we got a super fun uh, question from Shane Bogan, uh, avid listener of the show. And Bill, you'd probably uh, love his photo on uh, Twitter. It's very anti-Patriots. Uh, he had crazy dumb question. But talking about schemes got me thinking about why do some coordinators stay in the box and others on the field? Is it preference or strategy? It's really preference in, 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 in my experience. On the one hand, you have guys that, that really want to concentrate on calling the game and want quiet and, 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 and you know, a, an atmosphere of where they're not distracted by anything. Um, and, Guys like that, and I, I was that way, actually, when I coached. Uh, I didn't like a lot of chatter on the phone anyway. Um, so 
they're, they're, they're into the game plan. They're seeing it clearly. Uh, they're able to discuss with the quality control people next to them what the trends are and, and, and what the tendencies are quietly without a lot of, a lot of fuss and bother and people getting emotional and stuff and, and even the crowd noise getting in the way. Um, and so it's their preference to be up there. Other guys like to be on the sideline because they like to look the players in the eye. If there's a correction to be made, they like to do it up close and personal, uh, you know, not using an intermediary or not putting the player on the, on the ring down phone. Uh, it's just a matter of, uh, of preference. Very cool. All right. Well, in 30 seconds, anything in particular you're looking forward to in the draft coming up next week? Well, I think I, I, I'm anxious to see who goes in the top five because I think we could see some interesting. I think we could see some interesting choices there because there are, as always, there are people that the, the gurus have in the top five that I'm hearing from other GMs aren't quite there. And uh, as you may remember, it was a surprise that uh, San Diego took the Oregon quarterback where they did. I think that was six. Yep. And uh, and, and how did that work out? Worked out yeah. pretty good. I think pretty so. good. <laughs> you think there's any chance we don't see an edge rusher defensive end with the first overall pick? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a chance. Yeah, sure. Right. It could be a trade. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Look at this. Yeah. Could be a there pretty go. good Ooh, I guess, yeah, you better. I guess you better tune in after all. All right, as always, if you have questions for us, please hit us up on Twitter at ifbillpolian, and we will be sure to hit them on the show. All right, enjoy the draft, guys. Yep, absolutely. Enjoy the draft. Have yep. fun. Draft away. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.